Public Domain Old Time Comedy Podcast. I'm Brent Alice. And I'm Rob Freund. And I'm Jeff Stacer. And we are the Public Domain. You may remember us from such previous films as The Winds of Windsor and Hey, A Talking Dog. Some of you may remember us from our comedy performances, and that's really what we want this podcast to be about. Not only showcasing new comedy that we'll be writing and performing in the weeks ahead, but also discussing people, shows, and other topics that we think are noteworthy in the history of comedy. Tonight, we've decided to talk about a show that was just awarded its second Peabody Award and has won 32 Primetime Emmy Awards during its existence. A show that debuted as some very rough sketches on the Tracy Ullman Show in 1987 and then began its own run on December 17, 1989. The show was recently renewed for a record 31st and 32nd season, and the 32nd season will bring about, no lie, the 700th episode. We are, of course, talking about a show that is usually in the running for top five sitcoms of all time, The Simpsons. So I thought we would start by talking about when we first encountered The Simpsons. And and Rob, I know you're a little younger than Jeff and I. but To be honest, I actually did watch the Tracy Ullman show when it first came on Fox. So I did encounter The Simpsons in their initial very rough, very raw form. And that's you know, where I got to know them. And, and certainly uh, they were not <laughs> that great. Uh, and, and no one could have figured that a show that would last for 32 seasons would come out of those. But Fox took a chance on it. And the rest, as they say, is history. So, uh, Jeff, when did you first encounter The Simpsons? Did you actually see the Tracy Ullman show? Or I, I did you did. come to the show when it I started? I actually watched some of uh, those episodes and... Uh, believe it or not, for as uh, huge a fan I am of them right now, I didn't really like them then. Uh, it was just way too rough. Um, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. I didn't like the way Homer was portrayed. Uh, I did like that there was a uh, an animated thing on primetime TV. I love that. But the content itself was so rough. Um, it, it felt like it was done by, you know, uh, just a, a kid or something. It was not. It was not very good. Right. And we'll kind of talk about that later in the show in terms of how The Simpsons evolved over the years. But yeah, it, it is quite amazing that you know those that very rough you know initial sketches on the Omen show, and then the first season. I think many would argue really was kind of finding its way, and, and then you know probably you could say arguably took off in the second season and beyond as they kind of started to figure out what worked in terms of the formula. Well, so Ron, how about you? When did you first encounter the Simpsons? Well, I was a whopping five years old by December 17th, 1989. So the Simpsons uh, were, have always been a part of my conscious existence. I don't remember them not being there. Um, And that's one of the things when it does finally end, um, that's going to be hard to wrap my head around because it's been, yeah, been with me since I've, I remember remembering. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, even it's, um, 
I, I think all three of us will probably, you know, when we get to that part of the show and we talk about, you know, the, the peak of the show, if you will, uh, certainly the argument is that the peak of the show was, you know, perhaps early on. Um, and as the show went on, you know, it's been on now for 31 and going into 32 seasons. It, you know, the quality arguably kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, but it's just amazing that it's always been there. And of course, with the repeats in syndication, and now of course, Disney plus, uh, since Disney owns everything, they own you, they own me, uh, and they own the Simpsons. Oh, <laughs> so you can, you can watch all episodes, uh, on Disney plus, um, and of course, the big news with that, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, and it's uh, June um, 14 today, is that Disney finally has uh, fixed the uh, presentation of The Simpsons in terms of the aspect ratio. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. Television production nerds, this is your moment. But um, before, because uh, you know they changed the way in which it was presented, some of the jokes actually got cut off, like when they were at the Duff Brewery and there was actually like three vats of Duff. But when they changed the uh, aspect of the presentation, it totally cut off one of the um, Duff kegs. And so you, you lost that whole joke. And so if there's anything that Simpsons fans are, it is definitely pedantic. And certainly that was <laughs> a very welcome thing. And, and to be fair, when FX had the property, they had to do the same thing. But it's it's you know going to work out now, and, and you can you can watch the shows in in all of their glory as well. So, um, okay, great. Well, let's talk about right off the bat our fir- our favorite character from the show, and that may be kind of a hard thing because there are so many characters to The Simpsons. Um, Conan O'Brien, who was one of you know the ver- an early writer on The Simpsons, and of course went on to mega fame as as a talk show host and, and, and comedy producer. <laughs> He um, he basically, um, you know, said that the the inspiration for the show came from SCTV. And I know, you know, Jeff maybe knows SCTV a little more than than, than you do, Rob. But uh, with SCTV, it was all about this cast of characters. And it was about it was set in a town, Mellonville, where everybody you know was their own individual character. So you had John Candy as uh, Johnny LaRue and, and Andrea Martin as Edith Prickley. And so that was really an inspiration for The Simpsons as well as beyond the core family. You have all of these side characters, um, some great, some controversial, as we may talk about a little bit later. Uh, but there really is a lot to choose from. And um, I think for me, uh, the favorite character for The Simpsons, and this may be too obvious, but it definitely is Homer. And it's, it's Captain Idiot Homer because, of course, at first, you know, in the very first season, the way Dan Castaneda was doing the part and they really had figured out the essence of Homer, it was more the stereotypical sitcom dad. Um, but once they figured out that the dumber Homer got, the funnier he got, that's, of course, when he took over. And, and most of the quotes that I do from The Simpsons come from Captain Idiot Homer and, and it just, you know, one of the greater sitcom characters of all time, in my opinion, just because you can do so much with him in terms of the village idiot uh, approach that he had. Th- um, and at the same time, and I think this is kind of part of the essence of the Simpsons as well, is that he still is a loving father and a loving husband. And even though, you know, he may be choking Mark to death in certain scenes, I think that's the glory of the show is that beyond the jokes, when you compare it to say like family guy, which is more, you know, anarchy 
not really about the characters when you have Peter, you know, telling Meg to shut the, you know, heck up and that she's worthless and stuff like that. <laughs> the beauty of the Simpsons is that beyond the very funny jokes, you still have the essence of the characters um, as a family that loves and cares for each other. And I think that's why Homer is my you know favorite character from the show. But I think what you, uh, Jeff, how about you? If you had to pick Sophie's choice style, one of the characters from the show, uh, who would you say was your favorite? Wow. Well, that's a really tough question. So I'm actually going to answer it a couple of ways. Um, my favorite character on the show is uh, Ralph Wiggum. Um, he is so funny. Uh, the lines that he says, and you know, he doesn't get enough of his own episodes. Uh, earlier on, they dedicated some episodes to him, which I thought were some of the most brilliant, um, you know, episodes out there. He, he just always uh, figured out a way to uh, to personify the id of every uh, you know, dorky, uh, half dimwitted, uh, you know, second grader on the planet, right? I mean, you know, the kid eats the glue, and that you're just pretty sure is not gonna, you know, move on to the next class. He, um, he and his lines were just so great. Um, the other character, though, that I absolutely love on this show, uh, is Disco Stew, and you probably <laughs> know the history of Disco Stew, right? It was literally a throwaway line uh, when Homer was bedazzling a jacket uh, and they had the uh, garage sale and he ran out of room uh, for disco stud. So he ended up writing disco <laughs> stew and then disc and then disco stew happened to show up garage sale and didn't buy it because he said, Hey, disco stew doesn't advertise. And so of course, he ended up, uh, you know, showing up here and there over the years, getting a little bit more airtime uh, as time went on. And that's one of the things I love about The Simpsons, too, is that they can just take these little throwaway things and they just become larger than uh, larger than life, uh, you know, in the show. Yeah. And, you know, he's as a character, too, since the show's now been on, you know, over 30 years, he's gotten more and more anachronistic because you know, disco <laughs> gets to be more and more in the rearview mirror. <laughs> but yeah, the, char the character is still hilarious um, in terms of being able to bring him on and, and use him in a variety of ways. So, yeah. Yeah. Great, great picks. How about you, Rob? Favorite character from the show in your opinion? I think I have two as well. I think probably my favorite is Mr. Burns. I especially enjoy the episodes where he has flashbacks to when he was a young man. And it goes to an old-timey part of the history, which, see, as old as Burns is, seems too old for, for him to be a young man. I do enjoy those. And he's got the lolly, and he's got his hair done up in a nice little bow. <laughs> um, and it's always like a Citizen Kane kind of emotion. Yes, yes. Um, and I think, I, I think deep down within Burns, there is a, a, a there's a gentle soul in there. Um, <laughs> uh, but. I bring you peace. <laughs> uh, but uh, a close second, I think, if I'm going to be the obscure one here, but I like Uter, the foreign exchange student. Um, okay. uh, a few bit lines here and there, probably in maybe a dozen of the episodes. Um, but the oof, don't make me run, I'm full of chocolate. That uh, <laughs> that gets me every time. Uh, you, yeah. you did, Brent, you talked about Homer, though. And uh, 
what are the parts of his charm uh, when he kind of turned more into the dumb, bumbling idiot? We'll probably get into this, but that's also they began to take that too far, and he started to become too dumb, and he started to see the series go downhill from there. Because even in that sure. that sweet spot, he still cared, or he realized when he right. did something wrong. Um, but yeah, but no, uh, Mr. Burns and Uter, uh easily my favorites. Yeah, and so many to choose from. And, and again, uh, listeners, feel free to share your favorite characters in the comments for this show once it's posted. We'd love to hear from you as well to, to see who your favorite is. Um, let, so the show's been on for, you know, 31, going on 32 years now. And I'm, I still TiVo it on a weekly basis when there's a new episode. And I do watch them from time to time. But I'll be honest, I, I don't, you know, slavishly, slavishly watch the show as much as I used to. Um, it, it certainly, it, now it's more almost like an obligation uh, than it used to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, I had to watch it every week and now it's sort of just like, okay, I, I'm a completist, so I've got to continue to see what they're doing. Um, what is your, what are you, what is your guys' relationship with the show now? Are you still watching it regularly? Uh, do you check it out on Disney plus if you have that, what, what are you guys doing in terms of that? Jeff, we can start with you. Yeah, so I'm in kind of an interesting situation where I have uh, two young kids. I have a 13-year-old and a soon-to-be 11-year-old. Um, after my older son was born, I generally stopped watching The Simpsons once he got to be about two years old or so because it didn't feel appropriate to have it on in his presence. And, you know, being a busy family... Uh, I would sometimes TiVo the episodes and uh, and not get to them. So I just kind of stopped watching for a while. Well, now that my boys are a little bit older, um, they're discovering the magic of The Simpsons. So I'm actually watching all of the old episodes with them and then catching up on a lot of seasons uh, that I just missed completely um, because of uh, because of their birth. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and and by the way, I, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit. But I think the Simpsons are almost as good as they've ever been right now, uh, given some of the, the writing and so on um, mm -hmm. that's gone on. And, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm, you know, experiencing the magic of the Simpsons again through my own uh, kids eyes. But uh, this is this is really great. Um, but so I'm back to watching them every week now. It does seem to be the uh, the in thing to do to say, "Oh, back when the Simpsons were funny." Um, people do that with a lot of people do that with SNL. Um, uh, people almost wear that as a as a badge of their cultural uh, awareness that um, you know they don't watch these things now because they know it was better back then. Yeah. And how about you, Rob? Are you still watching the show regularly at this I point? watched it. Well, I haven't watched it since it's been on Disney, but uh, we had the Hulu, and I was yeah. watching it on the FXX. Um, so I was making my yeah. way through the the series. Um, but I catch it when I can, for sure. It's yeah. becoming easier to find clips of it online, too. So that's fun. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I've seen it argued, and you guys can discuss whether you agree or disagree with this. Usually when I read other people's opinion about quote unquote peak Simpsons uh, for those of us old timers have been with the show since the beginning, you usually see season two to around season 11, maybe 12 
possibly 13 or 14. But, but then, yeah, you, you, there's kind of a drop off in terms of the overall opinion about it. But Jeff, I think you're right. And I, I think one thing that I've read and I've agreed with is that we're at a point now where a lot of the writers on the show are people like us who grew up with the show. And so they were watching during peak Simpsons, you know, humor. And so they're able to capture at least a little bit of the essence of that. And I think that's, you know, why the show is, um, you know, back, back to being very good again, because you've got writers who grew up with it and are capturing some of that flavor. What do you guys think? Do you kind of agree with that in terms of peak Simpsons? Quote unquote? Uh, generally, I do, although I will actually tighten it up even a little more. I'm going to say probably seasons three through nine, uh, I used to think of as peak Simpsons. And then I kind of felt like they dropped off quite a bit um, after that. But uh, I will say, though, now they are incredibly good. Um, I, I think the writing is great. I'm guessing that they're getting some very highly educated people writing the show again. Um, because it feels like uh, they are going back to the days of inserting just some really kind of out there, very minuscule kinds of um, uh, little tidbits into the show uh, just for, you know, maybe the 10 or 12 people that, that would understand the reference. And I just absolutely love that stuff. Um, you know, that's, and it feels like they're getting back to that. It feels like they got kind of slapsticky and just became kind of, uh, you know, pretty self-referential um, for quite a number of seasons at from about 10 until maybe season 20 or so. Um, but then, you know, but right. then they really got back into their groove. And I, I the Simpsons could go on another, you know, 10 or 15 seasons even just <laughs> we've got stories for years and right. years <laughs> what about you Rob? what do you it's, think it's interesting i read online years ago that the idea of when the shift happened was i forget the episode but it's when it was revealed that skinner was an imposter and that's when for better or for worse the, uh, the simpsons shifted gears you know, maybe that's when you saw Homer go from that um, beloved bumbling idiot to more of that that stupid without a conscience. Um, but there was definitely a, a, a page flipped when that happened, I think, um, because it, it felt cheap because you had they'd spent so many seasons uh, building up Skinner as a perfect foil to Bart. And then he was a phony. I know it felt a little bit of betrayal there, but yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's what well, it changed. You know, in terms of popularity, you'd have to say the show with, you know, the who shot Mr. Burns episode got a lot of press and got a lot of attention. Um, so you could possibly, and that was in sort of the peak time that we're talking about. One of my concerns with more of the recent seasons, and we'll talk about this a little bit at the end when we talk about the overall impact of the Simpsons you, you can't talk about The Simpsons without talking about some of its, um, you know, de descendants in terms of South Park and Family Guy. And, and for a while, I was a little concerned that Simpsons was getting a little too much Family Guy, if you know what I mean. Like some of the jokes, I mean, they weren't doing the stupid cutaway scenes that Family Guy does. And, and don't get me wrong, <laughs> this is not a bash Family Guy episode. 
but it just had that style to it. And, and Jeff, maybe you, you can answer this. It, it seems like they've gotten away from that a little bit, which is a good thing because I, I really don't want Simpsons to be family guy in style. That's kind of a, uh, I want the two to be separate. Absolutely. <laughs> There's almost a cruelness uh, with the family guy uh, that isn't there on the Simpsons. Um, y- you know, as you said, the Simpsons always felt like uh, they were a family uh, first. And um, but, you know, family guy, they seem to be a little bit more cruel. They also tend to have a different style. Right. I mean, they tend to just insert kinds of weird things in the middle of the show uh that the simpsons really don't do um and the simpsons tend to be a little bit more outlandish in terms of the actual plot lines and the things that they do plus they they have so many characters i mean they really have a full city of characters uh that's a little bit different but yeah you're right when they try to emulate family guy i felt like that's when they really kind of lost their spirit did either of you guys watch the crossover when Family Guy and Simpsons did? You know, crossover? I saw the, the trailers for it. I remember the commercials and they had Homer and Peter fighting. I decided not to watch it. That kind of turned me off to the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you know, I did watch it and it, it just, in my opinion, didn't work. I mean, the, the two shows are just too different in tone. And, and I, I, of course, they made meta jokes to that effect, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, McFarland's universe really just needs to be kept separate from the Simpsons yes. universe. Yeah, I didn't see any but, of that. Yeah, um, we'll get back to the uh, the descendants of the Simpsons in a little while, at least. But I thought next we could talk about a favorite episode of ours. Again, to say the best episode is, you know, with with almost 700 episodes now is really a tough thing to say. So I just thought we'd each pick sort of a noteworthy episode to us. And I'm going to start with uh, the 24th episode of the eighth season of The Simpsons during what we call peak Simpsons time. And this episode was The Simpsons Spinoff Showcase. Mm -hmm. And to me, a great episode because you have all of these established characters so you're, you're able to do Chief Wiggum P.I., you're able to do the Love Matic Grandpa, and then, of course, the great Simpson Family Smile Time Variety Hour with, Jeff, you were talking about obscure jokes with another, quote-unquote, actress replacing Lisa, just like what happened on the Brady Bunch's Variety Hour. Yeah. So you know, obscure stuff like that, only a few people will get, but it just really hits when it does. Um, but to me, this was just a really great way to use these characters. And and yes, it's not a typical storyline episode of the Simpsons. And I think some people may actually look at this and go, eh, this is where we think the Simpsons maybe lost track, but just, this is one that, you know, I always make quotes from and it has uh, the, the dearly departed Phil Hartman as Troy McClure hosting it and, and just great stuff. So I think for me right now, and it probably changes every day, that's the one that came to my mind is at least it would be in my top 10, if not my top five of all the Simpsons episodes ever. So Jeff, what about you? What's an episode that's episode that stands out for, for you? For me, it's probably Lisa the Vegetarian. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, that one uh, incorporates so many of the elements uh, that makes the Simpsons just absolutely brilliant. Um, 
you know, definitely uh, using uh, guest um, voices. Right? Oh, and had Paul McCartney in it, right? Paul, Paul and Linda McCartney. Yeah. Right? And just very briefly, just for a couple of little lines, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, again, they used it very deftly. Um, the just a lot of the little jokes that they would use um, in terms of, uh, you know, some of them that that may go a little over folks heads, the way that they can poke fun at, um, you know, the culture, um, you know, the fast food stuff, even with the education system, there's just so many little, little things. And again, it's all about family, right? And by the way, some of the best quotes ever are in that particular episode too. So again, it's just all yeah. of the elements that make the Simpsons brilliant are showcased in that particular episode. Agreed on that one. So Rob, how about you? What's a uh, noteworthy Simpsons episode for you? I had to look it up. It was the one where uh, Springfield was looking to get uh, some more money, more revenue. So they opened up the casino um, and Marge fought with her addiction. Uh, that's Springfield or How I Learned to Stop Worrying. Um, that is the fifth season. But what sticks out to me from that is there's the scene where Mr. Burns is really starting to freak out about germs. He's wearing Kleenex boxes on his feet. And he has a model of an airplane called the Spruce Goose. And he tells Smithers that they will fly to safety and tells him to get in. Smithers reminds him that it's a toy. Burns pulls a gun on him and tells him to get in. It's it's a fantastic scene. Um, <laughs> I absolutely adore that one. Um, for whatever reason, because I always have that image. When I think of Mr. Burns, I have that image in my head because he's got the long, straggly beard. He's got some long fingernails like he, he just came out of a uh, Guinness Book of World Records. Um, delightful. Love that one. Yes. Great episode. So, so many to choose from and, and so little time. So, uh, Jeff, you mentioned quotes in Lisa the Vegetarian. And so I, I suspect that your favorite Simpsons quote may come from that, but we will see. And again, it's really hard to try. And, and for those of you who've been around us, you know, we're kind of annoying and that we kind of speak to each other in Simpsons quotes because we have no life and we've devoted too much of our time to this <laughs> animated show for, you know, 32 years. Uh, but for me, one of the most notable quotes and one I do all the time is Homer in um, uh, the uh, episode um, where he says, kids, you tried your best and you <laughs> failed miserably. The lesson is never try. Never try. <laughs> so that one just I, I use it all the time. And it's uh, to, to me, it's just indicative of the, the, the Homer character. And, and why he works before he got too much to, to, to be too much of Captain Idiot. You know, that's kind of the essence of Homer right there to me is, is kids, you tried your best and failed miserably. The lesson is uh, never try. So, um, so that's mine. How about you, Jeff? What's a noteworthy quote from the Simpsons that yeah, comes to I'm your mind with, right uh, away? Two, one of which actually does come from Lisa the Vegetarian. Again, uh, one of those, you know, elements that makes the show brilliant. Um, but I, probably have to say my favorite quote comes from Mo um, when uh, he was talking about uh, well they alluded to and this is one of the interesting things about the Simpsons as well is that they deal with uh, sex and sexuality in a fairly adult 
kind of way on the show, which is quite interesting. Um, and Mo uh, was being asked about some uh, some of his sexual preferences, not as directly as that. Um, he said, he said, well, I've done a lot of stuff I ain't proud of. And the stuff I am proud of is pretty disgusting. (laughs) 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 To me, that's just quintessential Mo. But uh, maybe my all-time favorite does come from Lisa the Vegetarian. Uh, There's so many great quotes in just that episode. But my favorite might be the one where uh, Homer is going to have his uh, pig roast. And, um, And Lisa is telling him that you know she's going to be a vegetarian and, and can't eat and and he's asking her about all these different meats that she won't have like he, he says well what about you know what about bacon well you have bacon she's like no what about you know what about ham will you have ham no what about pork dad those all come from the same animal and then homer in, in kind of self-righteousness says oh yes lisa some wonderful magical animal that's that's a perfect uh, humor and just one of the greatest quotes uh, of that show that's great I always go back to um, there was an episode where it goes to the future and Bart is usually a failure and he's always relying on Lisa but there (laughs) he was envisioning envisioning himself um, that was the episode where Homer went on disability by gaining 500 pounds (laughs) And he wanted to be just like his dad. And <laughs> flash forward to, I'll wash myself with a rag on a stick. Cracks <laughs> uh, me up. Or also, uh, your fingers are too fat to uh, dial this number to order your special dialing wand. Please smash your hand on the pad now. Um, yeah, that cracks me up. Yeah, see, now, I thought that episode <laughs> was funny, but I also didn't like it in a way. I felt like it was, there were a lot of cheap, jokes and just a lot of fat humor that I didn't particularly love. Um, but the show itself is quite, you know, quite funny. It's just that particular episode fell maybe a little, a little flat for me. Plus I felt like the ending was something I would have written. Um, you know, because I, I suppose, yeah, because he got stuck in the, <laughs> exhaust yeah exactly and then they just said oh yeah yep. we'll just pay for weight loss surgery for you or something you know and that was kind of the ending of the episode <laughs> but then when they were tickling his feet hey fetty i got a thing for you a fridge too far <laughs> another another example of a random character that one guy i think hank azaria does his voice just just randomly pops up doing all these businesses and he's like, Hey, oh, hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna go for Gil, the uh, desperate sales guy. Oh yeah. Well that Gil, of course, is in Azaria, I believe, is admitted to it in interviews, is pretty much a Jack Lemon homage. Because Hank knew Jack from some way or form or was either uh just paying homage to some of his performances. So I think from what I've what, from what I've read, Hank has said that Gil is kind of based That's on great. Jack Lemon a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, kind of interesting. Well, speaking about The Simpsons' overall place in comedy, um, you know, argue arguably it's you know many of your lists have listed it you know in the top five sitcoms of all time, and just in terms of longevity, there's that. 
Um, but when you look at some of the things that, you know, came after the Simpsons shows like South park and family guy and things of that nature, I think it's kind of interesting to compare the Simpsons with other animated shows that came after it. So wondered if you guys had any thoughts about that in, in terms of the Simpsons overall. Yeah, place definitely. And you know, one you didn't mention, but I think of all the time is King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Whereby, you know, yep. it was, a uh, it was great. And I actually, uh, literally just had this discussion today with my uh, boys about uh, Cotton from King of the Hill and his comparison to Grandpa Simpson and the way that they so uh, are starkly, you know, different portrayals of an old World War II generation kind of a guy, right? Um, But clearly, I think King of the Hill, you know, was trying to, um, you know, spark a little bit of that fire from the Simpsons especially given the way that, you know, Hank and Bobby were uh, as a family. And then, of course, uh, having, you know, Luann be kind of the dim-witted one, right? So they they definitely, you know, used those same kinds of sitcom tropes. And, you know, the Simpsons didn't invent those, of course, um, but they they may have uh, perfected them in an animated form. And I think all of the other, you know, uh, shows that came after certainly emulated the Simpsons and tried to do what they did um, and made work well, you know, in an animated fashion. I think it would be interesting now that we're talking out loud, (laughs) talk about TV comedy. It'd be fun to discuss all the failed comedies that they tried to sandwich around the Simpsons during its 32 year run. Uh, Shows that that lasted one, two, three, four seasons um, because it's not easy to make, make something last you know it's you talk about south park that's been on for 22 years that came on what 96 98 um and south park kind of went took the opposite path of the simpsons it started dumb (laughs) and then it got and then it got it got (laughs) smarter as it went whereas you can argue that the simpsons definitely went through a lull where it was this kind of dumb humor that we talked about previous um yeah i um it's it's it's. I think as far as place in comedy, it's an institution, and whether you love it or hate it or indifferent about it, it's um. It's there. It, it's a cultural icon. Yeah, Simpsons yeah, did it as the one yeah. South Park episode <laughs> <laughs> references. Right. You know that everything's been done by the Simpsons, just because it's been on for so long. Uh, interestingly enough, Rob, um, Family Guy, as you know. Uh, was canceled by Fox at one point, yes. and then they brought it back. So the very first episode of Family Guy, uh, that when they came back, I believe they had Brian the dog do a bit where he ran through all of the yes. stuff that had been canceled <laughs> by Fox in between when Family Guy had been canceled <laughs> when it got back on the air. So, yeah, if, if you can stomach some Family Guy, find that episode, and you'll see the the usual Family Guy meta-ness uh, there. So. Um, it's it's also fun. I think we we talked about um, uh, how it's it's people enjoy just to say back when the Simpsons were funny. I think as far as Family Guy goes, I think that's uh, it's quote unquote cool to say you don't like Family Guy um, because it can't be considered maybe lowbrow, um, but it definitely has its place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I I did enjoy Family Guy at one point. I sort of gave up on it you know, more recently, but yeah, I, I, I watched it pretty faithfully um, as well for a while. 
Um, and, and of course, you know, The Simpsons was not the first primetime animated comedy. I mean, you can go back to the Flintstones and, and other Hanna-Barbera properties. There actually was a kind of obscure animated comedy called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home um, from the 70s. Uh, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim played it in reruns for a little bit. And I watched a couple episodes and it was uh, pretty rough. <laughs> but uh you know, it's interesting to see if, if they might have gotten some inspiration from it. You know, of course, most of it comes from Matt Groening and, uh, you know, his life and life is hell comic. And, and that's and, and of course, his work on the Tracy Ullman show as well. Um, the voice actors for The Simpsons obviously are, are just an integral part of it. And you can't imagine, you know, these people, the, the, the main foursome have been doing it for 32 years now. Um with Hank Azaria, Harry Shearer, Dan Castaneda, and Julie Kavner. And I think probably the, the continued existence of the show is probably those four people continuing to do what they do. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm, you know, when Phil Hartman passed away, I was uh, really bummed about it for all the voices that he did on The Simpsons. I think he would be another guy who would still probably be on the show. Um, you know, to this day, he's still alive. He yeah. voiced so many great characters, maybe some of the best on that show. SNL, SNL called him the glue in terms of him being able to make the skits work. And same thing with The Simpsons is they knew that whatever they needed him to do mm -hmm. on that show, that he would always come through. And so, yeah, he was, it, that was definitely a big hole. Um, now, perhaps before we leave, we can talk a little bit about this, the, the controversy of the Simpsons um, starting at the beginning of the show. You guys may remember that uh, at first the show was not centered around Homer. It was centered around Bart. And interestingly, Bart was a very controversial character at the time in 1989 and, and 1990. It's kind of hard to believe it these days after South Park and family guy, that it would be so controversial, but just him saying things like eat my shorts um, made it a show that I kind of had to hide from my parents <laughs> when I was watching it. Um, you know, it, and uh, I, I guess 1989, I would have been um, 15. So, you know, I didn't have to hide it too much, but it, I think, you know, and that's, that was one of the interesting things is that people were kind of wigging out on, yeah. on Bart Simpson. Well, I remember first, that very so. well. And um, I remember that, you know, the uh, clothing, was banned from uh, quite a few schools. I believe mine included. You couldn't wear those, you know, the Bart Simpson mm -hmm. Eat My Shorts uh, t-shirts, which, again, sounds very quaint and antiquated these days, um, but, uh, and kind of silly, especially given some of the other things that you were allowed to wear then. But yeah, it was, it was pretty subversive. Um, and I, I remember, you know, yeah, thinking about uh that too that that gosh why wouldn't we be allowed to wear you know just a bart simpson shirt it seems kind of ridiculous i uh i grew up very rural and we didn't have fox um you know when it first came on so i saw the tracy ullman shows uh when i was uh you know at my brothers in lansing um but uh didn't get to actually really watch mm -hmm. the simpsons in earnest until I got to college the year after they, um, you know, they started. So I actually had to see most of season one in as reruns. And I'm actually glad I didn't see 
you know, the first season or two live because I may have given up on it. You know, I love that right. the image of you packing up for an hour trip to go watch the Tracy Alden show. <laughs> That's we're going to the city. <laughs> well, we didn't have cable, and so when Fox came about, I was just amazed there was a fourth network. So I watched everything on Fox. I watched the Tracy Allman show. I watched Duet. I oh watched Herman's God. Head, for God's sake. I, I watched everything on Fox. Of course, so. Beardley Smith was in it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and there's there's your connection to uh, well, that, that, to Simpsons, that, of that course. That era of Fox um, was pretty, uh, pretty rough because he had Living Color. He had Married with Children. Um, all yep. shows that, you know, probably 10 or 12 year olds probably shouldn't have been watching at the time. Well, I'm not going to say shouldn't have. I don't know, but I had to hide no, watching. No, yeah, definitely. Sure. Yep. Yep. Definitely controversial. Um, and then of course, probably a more recent controversy with the Simpsons and, and, you know, we'll, you guys can talk about this as much as you feel comfortable with is uh, the problem with a, a poo. Um, and, and this, this got some notoriety lately. Uh, Hank Azaria does the voice of Apu, um, who is um, a character of Indian descent on the show. And so there were some recent accusations that um, the portrayal might have been, you know, sort of culturally insensitive. And it, it's just kind of interesting because, again, you've got the same four people who pretty much done all of the yeah. voices. And I was kind of thinking about it today, too, is that a lot of the African-American characters like Dr. Hibbert um, and such are done by um, Harry Shearer for the most part. Um, Dr. Hibbert, of course, was a direct response to the, the at the point when the show was on Thursday nights uh, at 830, directly opposite the Cosby show. And so um, Dr. Hibbert was, of course, created as sort of a thinly veiled, you know, Cosby reference they, they luckily didn't go too much into that in recent years but um, um any thoughts about that or, or um just in terms of you know that yeah, if you I guys feel comfortable do. talking about it a different take on it so um interestingly enough the uh the african-american characters always seem to be portrayed in a very positive light which as you rightly said was probably mm -hmm. partly due to um partly due to the Cosby show and um, oh, uh, what was that other one? Diff uh, different world. And, but um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to go a little deep here. So Matt Grenning actually is kind of a, a gay icon and I, I don't know what his sexuality is and, you know, not really germane to our conversation, but he wrote a cartoon that was kind of cultish in the gay community called life is hell and with the bunnies yeah and i'm yeah yep. very yep. surprised that um that he didn't do more you know pro gay rights and pro gay stuff in the simpsons i mean he's got you know he had waylon smithers and he dealt with it you know with some other yeah on waters was on an episode i think uh, where they were trying to keep Bart from becoming gay and stuff, you know. So there were certainly some right. things, but, you know, I would have thought that maybe a ma major character would have been a little more, you know, openly gay than a Waylon Smithers or something like that. Um, 
I just I was a little surprised by that. And again, not you know taking that that racism or or sexism on its direction. I would have expected a little bit more off of the Simpsons in that area. Um, in terms of Apu, he, you know, he, he definitely plays into the stereotype. But then I think every uh, character on The Simpsons plays into its own archetype. It just, I think you kind of have to be a little more careful, you know, when you're talking about communities that are generally marginalized a little more. And so, you know, so <laughs> it's easier. To- right. And I watched the documentary, The Problem with Apu, and it was interesting. Um, I, I'm blanking on the name of the gentleman who made it, um, and I, I could look it up here if I get a second, but it, it, I, I, I get the perspective on it, but I also don't feel that Hank Azaria was ever being malicious with the character. Um, if you look at the show, Apu is actually one of the more yes, successful yes, people in Springfield. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the accent certainly is a little stereotypical. I mean, not as bad as, say, Fisher Stevens and short circuit or short circuit two, for God's sake. But um, yeah. And, and I think that the most recent thing was that Azaria said, they're kind of going to back away from it or they're going to do something with it. And so that'll be interesting uh, to see what they do with it. But. Um, well, I was just thinking it's, go um, ahead, Rob. you said there was no malicious intent. Um, you know, that, that could very well be, it probably is true. But I think when we're uh, when we're discussing something like this, it's not up to um, the provider to decide what's malicious or not. Um, I mean, your your intent could be mm-hmm. uh, just fine and dandy, but if it's um, something that people take offense to, then that's something that needs to be be thought about and considered. Yeah, very true. And, and that's if, if you guys haven't seen it or and listeners, if you want to check it out, I, I do advise checking out the documentary, The Problem with that Pooh, because it definitely is an interesting perspective on cultural depictions, even in a animated sitcom. And, and, and I would agree, Rob, is that you can't, you know, totally dismiss something. Just you know, because it's, it's, it's interesting because like it, I mean, perhaps if it was a, a an Indian voice actor um, voicing him, um, I don't know. I had just before we started this, I was watching um, Eddie Murphy's uh, uh, James Brown. Hot to him. And mm-hmm. it was funny because it was Eddie Murphy doing it. But if it was a, 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 a somebody that wasn't an African-American man, I think that probably wouldn't have been so cool. You know what I mean? So I think there's there's got to be no. some awareness with with uh, the talent that you choose. Um, yeah. Heaven help right. us if they had physical do it. <laughs> slam. Come at us, Joe. You know where to find us anyway. And by the way, Jeff, as you as you know, the real deal with Waylon Smithers is that he's he's Mr. Burns' assistant. He's in his early forties, is unmarried, and currently resides in Springfield. Thanks for writing. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I the John Waters episode was pretty noteworthy as well, you know, because um, Waters being, you know, the icon that he is and, and being involved in the show, it, it was definitely pretty fascinating. And, and uh, it, you, you kind of wish they did more with that, but um, it really was tongue in cheek for a while. And, 
you know, the show isn't perfect. And, and I, th I think certainly you can, you know, when you compare it to say like a South Park, which is perhaps a little more nihilistic in terms of how it satirizes things, you know, it, it's been interesting, but um, I just figured we could talk about that a little bit in terms of the, you know, the show has been on for a while. And, and to me, that's been one of the more recent controversies, but we'll see well, how think, they work I it think out that's, going that's, from there. So. Real, that's so, the difference though. So what South Park often is doing um, when it's talking about uh, race relations or things like that, it is satire. And that's something that a poo wasn't. You know what I mean? So, and, and and what is satire? Right. That's that's hard yep. to define. But I, I I do think there is a difference. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, just kind of interesting to think about. Uh, so, any uh, any last thoughts on the Simpsons, guys, before we wrap up for this particular I, session? So, how long can they last? Will they go to thirty-five seasons or forty seasons? How many weddings can Selma have before the show wraps up? <laughs> or was it Patty? I, I'm I'm gonna get killed by the hardcore Simpsons fans now because it's probably Patty and not Selma. Who's, it's going to continue until the powers that be decide it's going to be done. I don't think it'll ever be canceled. The Simpsons itself will have to decide it doesn't want to do anymore. I don't think it can be canceled at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I hope that's true. I no, hope and that's the true Rob. See them get canceled i would hope that you know they could be uh you know like uh derek jeter or uh something like that and you know leave on their own terms um but really i i would love to see him go i i would i'd love to see him go another 10 years and i think the the mouse now owning them will and i i, I do think they're a pretty big part of the appeal of Disney plus right now is that you now have access to all of the Simpsons on there. So um, I, I would have to think that the mouse sees the value in the Simpsons and as a, as an intellectual property um, you're, you're going to continue to see that, that grow. Of course, interestingly, they are in universals um, theme park. They're at, they're at universals islands of adventure uh, or actually know the, um, the studios, Hollywood Studios part of it. So much like Marvel is still part of Islands of Adventure, uh, you know the mouse would love to get those characters in their own parks at some point when they're able to do like a you full know, it, reopening. It, it, <laughs> Other than the current thing, thing about that's going that, on though, down that there. Harry so here is uh, you know, he's a big union guy. Um, you know, he's very outspoken yep. on a lot of um, issues related to labor and so on. And I think he's had some issues in the past with uh, with Disney. So I think, you know, I don't know where they're at in their contract, but I certainly hope that they, um, you know, kind of take care of those folks, uh, take care of the voices, uh, because really, you know, I don't think I yeah. think none of them. I don't think any of them need the money anymore. And I hope that, no. you know, Disney does the right thing and takes care of them financially and in whatever other ways they want. Right. Um, for the long term. Right. And I have to apologize. I think I said core four before, but poor Yeardley that's, Smith, that's it's not core right, yeah. four, it's the five. <laughs> Cause to be honest, the essence of that show is Lisa. If, if the show has a soul, it's, it's Lisa, I would think. And, and that's, you know, Yearly Smith has been so incredibly important in doing 
Lisa Simpson over the years. And and Yeardley doesn't really do any other characters that I can think of on the show. She's yeah. just mainly no, that's exactly Lisa. Right. And, so you know, I don't know how they get paid or what their contracts are, um, but uh, I certainly would like to see all of them. You know be well uh taken care of it's so strange to think that the uh the gal from the movie uh the legend of billy jean is that was that the name of it that uh you know now she <laughs> yes she's been voicing lisa simpson for over uh, 30 years it's just mind-boggling to me well see that's a good point that means they got to be as far as the creativity goes they have to be doing something right to keep these people from from walking out after all these years because like you said, they got their money, so they, they still love doing what yeah. they're doing. Well, my understanding is this that voiceover work is amongst the yep. you know easiest money in Hollywood, and so pretty much everybody takes it, right? Chris Rock has mentioned sure. that he's made more money on, um, what was it, Zootopia or whatever it was, than he's made on almost any of his other movies, and he said it was the easiest work that he's done. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell that to any voice actors who yeah. might be listening to this. Hire me, I'm interested. <laughs> right. Yes. Rob Paulson's going to hunt us all down. So, <laughs> Detroit native Rob. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's just it's it, I I think Rob, from what I've read, it's like favored nations where they all get you know paid the same, and they they've they've arranged that. But yeah, it, it really it's. I, I can't imagine any of them leaving. Um, and he, even if they do switch out some of the character voices based on things we've been talking about the last few minutes, um, those five are just essential to the show, you know, remaining what it is. And I think it still gets decent ratings for Fox. Uh, it's always been sort of a linchpin of that animation domination lineup. And uh, I, I would think merchandising still does pretty well. Certainly it's not, I, I would doubt it's at the height is, that it was in the, you know, mid nineties, but uh, I'm sure that still brings in a pretty good, you know, money for the mouse as well. So, so it'll be interesting to see how long they go, but in the meantime, it's, it's pretty amazing that there's been, uh, you know, and you could even 32 episodes, see something as 32 you know, seasons. Fewer, and fewer people are watching. I know it's a cartoon, a live television. You could see something as the mouse, you know, they might take it off a of Fox off a of TV if it's not gaining the ratings and just start distributing seasons, you know, on their app, you know, every six months or something like that. I could see something like that happening. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the way of the future. Really that's for careful sure. With yeah. the actors because, you know, those kinds of deals, sometimes they can be really good and sometimes, sometimes not. And so I think they need to be real careful if they were to do yeah. something like that. And that was actually going to be, um, it, you know, that was probably going to be something that, um, you know, that could be an option for them, right? Now that Disney owns them, you know, if they want to take them off of regular TV, maybe put them on the app. I don't know how much they spend on the animation. You know, South Park is is notorious for how fast they can turn those episodes around because of the way they do it. My understanding is that the Simpsons still use some fairly right. classic techniques that are a little bit more labor intensive, which obviously means more money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, it's interesting because you talked about Harry Shearer and his, you know, commitment to unions. And in fact, I think 
the Simpsons ride at Universal Studios, um, none of the Shearer characters' voices are part of the ride because he did not take place because I think it was due to like, you know, the issues you were talking about in terms of compensation and likeness rights and, and all that fun legal stuff that we deal with. So, but, but no arguing that this has been, you know, for over three decades, a major part of, of our lives. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys in, in your uh, responses and comments to this. Uh, feel free to share your thoughts on the Simpsons, uh, your favorite character, your favorite episodes, anything else you think about this particular show. Uh, you can message us via our, our anchor site. Um, but otherwise, we, we hope you've enjoyed this little conversation about The Simpsons. I'm Rob Freud. Uh, for the public domain, I'm Brent Allen. I'm Jeff Stanton. I think he's talking to you. <laughs> and remember, before you and remember, before you sue us, Adios. it's in the public domain. Good night.